<laughs> Come on, Carol. Okay, 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 okay. Get it together. Get it together. This is probably gonna be harder than I thought. Rise up! Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ball and show. Joining me tonight <laughs> is in the, my number one fan, number one fan of the show. He's got all the episodes downloaded. It's my wife, Carol Parker. Carol, yeah. Carol, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank how, you. For how are you doing tonight? Doing good. Um, pretty, pretty pumped to finally make it to the show. I've been requesting, been sitting in my requests, you know, since the beginning. But you know, episode what is this? Fifteen uh, at least, yeah. probably like eighteen. I, I don't know. So sure, it's, no. Yeah, you have fourteen episodes up right now, and you already have. Two that you have to do, mm-hmm. so sixteen. So I'm number seventeen. Got yeah. <laughs> I just, well, I just said. Well, I'm glad you. We finally got you. In. Well, it's right. been. I think it's been a lot of logistical. Uh huh. You know, being in the same place, same time. You know? uh, well, no, with the kids going down to sleep <laughs> and doing other stuff, uh-huh. and being busy with work. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway. <laughs> It's okay. I'm happy to be here now. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Stan. Hey, what are uh, what are husbands for, right? Mm-hmm. So, you've been fa- following the Falcons for a long time now, ever since we've been... Well, I don't know. How long, how long have you been following the Falcons? I mean, I've been a default Falcons fan my whole life. Um, and I remember the Dirty Bird, doing the Dirty Bird. I okay. remember the parade in Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. Um, and then, But I didn't really, obviously, know... The ins and outs of football until we got married, or I guess dating, engaged, married. So. You, you didn't realize how deep I was into it, did you? I did not. I did not. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so we're, you're pretty in there. So, that being said, what are what is your thoughts for this week and going forward for the rest of the season? What's what's what are your, what you thinking about these dirty birds? So, I mean, I'm obviously upset about the way the season is going right now and I just hate that I kind of called it at the beginning of the game I pretty much, I told Stanley I told you that this is going to be the battle of the dumbest coach and who makes the biggest bonehead mistakes the most and that was like what coming straight out of halftime I was like why is it falling apart their coach is doing bad our coach is doing bad it was just like really bad yeah McCarthy tried to out Falcons the Falcons yeah, and it, it, no one out Falcons the Falcons yeah, no one no one I was hoping I was like you know what Dan Quinn might be the smarter of the two but um it did not show to be true um so I'm really upset I'm still like really upset like anytime I think about like what happened Sunday I'm just like I just want to go like fight somebody just really bad. <laughs> and I, like I was like I was only halfway watching too because I was making bows so I wasn't even it was like m- pulling me away from what I was trying to do and then they were not doing well and so I'm just really upset um 
yeah, I don't, I don't know any other word for it. Just mad, just angry, just disappointed. And I am, however, glad that we did not name Hazel yes. Quinn. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so our daughter, uh, she's two right now, and we there was a chance that was close to the Super Bowl run. Uh, was it at the time? It was a year removed, I believe. Uh, no, they went to the Super Bowl in seventeen. Yeah, so the then, actual calendar yeah. year of 2017, yeah. and Hazel was born in 18. Yes, January. and so we were really high on Dan Quinn. Her middle name was almost Quinn, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we deliberated with the nurses. Oh, yeah, <laughs> a long time, and we actually did not name middle. Her middle name is not Quinn. It's no, it's Day Day, because all the nurses after we had her in the hospital. They all voted day, so we yeah. went with day instead of Quinn. That's so how, I'm pretty happy that we did not do that. That's how put together we are, is yeah. not knowing the middle name. No, we don't name hospital. our children until we get them. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, picking a name anyway is so. Yeah. It's it's so. I mean, it's nine months of deliberation, and we get on your way to the hospital, it just goes out the window. Yeah, it's true. We had names lined so, up from here to there and yeah. didn't pick any of them. No, yeah. nothing. None, <laughs> all three of our children, none of the names are on the list. Did Bennett sick? No. What was we, his name? His name was, uh, oh no, I don't remember what his name was going to be. Benji. It was going to be Benji. It was going to be Benji. Yeah. And, and then, then he was going to be Bennett. something else. Evan was going to be Zane. Uh-huh. And... Hazel was going to be Naomi. Yep. So, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run you through the situation. Back to the Falcons. I'm gonna run you through the situation. So you watch the game, the onside kick without a tee. No, first of all, no one's seen that in the last like 30 years. And, and that like, was the first thing I noticed. Even when he set it up the first time, I looked up and I was like, "There's no tee." And then they like blew the whistle and called a timeout. Right. So I'm thinking they're they're, gonna put they're it on deliberate. Tea. Well, not even that. I'm thinking. So I don't think we we didn't call the timeout. They called the timeout, but it just felt like you know something was about to happen. I was like, "That's weird." Um, and then he came back out. He didn't. That's when you noticed, like, "Oh, it's not on a tee." And I was like, "Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's not on a tee." So that was the first thing I noticed um, that it wasn't on a tee. So I just almost out. I, I knew something was coming. I didn't know what was coming. Um, and obviously, anybody who knew something was coming, we were all wrong because we thought that the trick play was going to be from Dallas when really the trick Our, play was from us. us. So there was there's three people standing around the ball. So like obviously the rules are the defense can't touch the ball until it goes past 10 yards. Well, the offense can touch the ball as soon as the ball's kicked. And it be, then it becomes a live ball. And then it's free game. If it squirts out, then at first I thought it was maybe they didn't want to jump on it because it was spinning like a top. But once it passed two or three guys there's no excuse and so the situation ensues that nobody knows the rules and therefore they lost the onside kick and what i want to set up for you today is dan quinn through interviews earlier this week you know the media crushed him for it and rightfully so he needs to take you know takes take responsibility and uh dan quinn said hey we coached up our guys they knew the rules of football they've been right you know i talked to alex at work today and you know or this week and these guys that are playing the NFL have been playing in a football their entire life and the rules don't change overnight. Like, so it's, I, I know it's a part of like coaching to understand the basics, but I think every NFL player like knows like the 
should know the rules because they've been playing all their life. Mm-hmm. But the real the real conundrum went here. It was Dan Quinn in the media said, "Hey, our boys knew the rules, and they knew they were coached. Well, this was going to happen, and they just didn't execute." Well, the next day, Uncle Arthur got on the airwaves oh and went to. It wasn't uh, like it wasn't like a local broadcast. It was like someone else like had NPR it, or something. right? Somebody <laughs> was like interviewing him. And they just brought it up, and Arthur Blank said, "No, they weren't coached. They weren't they uh, they weren't coached to make that play, and don't look like any coaching was happening." Well, and here's the thing: so, he would know. He was down there on the sidelines. He's down there every. He's down there every every fourth quarter. So there's trouble in paradise. Oh, good. So you know, Dan Quinn has had the favor of Arthur Blank for a while because Dan Quinn has has had some pretty disappointing seasons. And you know, if history was going to repeat itself, that Mike Smith didn't get half the chances that Dan Quinn's gotten. He got the axe, and everybody got fired except for Thomas Dimitrov. And then. Uh, they cleaned house except for Dan Quinn and got all new coordinators. And now there's trouble in paradise where basically the person who signs the check for Dan Quinn is disputing him in the media mm-hmm. and not in house. Like, come, which is something that doesn't art. happen for Atlanta. Like right. Atlanta keeps its business to itself. So to see him, like you know, saying his truth, I guess, um, it's pretty interesting. I was so. Sunday night was it Sunday night? It had to be Sunday night. I was like, I'm gonna go find a press conference. Like, I need to see what he I couldn't saying. even do it. Stanley couldn't do it, so I went and found it. Um, and like, I was what 30 seconds in, and somebody asked asked Dan Quinn if he knew the rules, or if the kids, the kids, if the players knew the rules, and he was like, Oh no, they knew the rules. Blah blah blah. blah. Like, basically not taking any responsibility, and I just had to turn it off, and I was already. I was already done with Dan Quinn. I think it was like the first game. Yeah. Because so here's why. Like I've been I've been fine with Dan Quinn. Like I like him. I was not a fan of Mike Smith. Didn't like his voice. Uh, <laughs> they're not. We're not soft. Sacks doesn't <laughs> don't really matter. Yeah. We're tough. Yeah. 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 Didn't didn't really care for him. And back then too, I didn't really understand the gravity of like. You know, hey, we won championships. Because wasn't he like a good winning coach at least? Like uh, Mike Smith, yeah. he, he had a lot of winning seasons yeah. for sure. So, yeah. so like has, overall, like, a winning coach. Now knowing that Mike Smith was a winning coach, and then learning that very first game they that Dan not, Quinn they, was had was just like about to hit five hundred or just hit five hundred or something crazy like that mm-hmm. with the winning seasons and or not winning seasons, but his record. And then, on top of that, he's been in Atlanta for six years. Like, I don't know what we have been doing for the last six years. Like, Tom has, like, completely sped past us. Like, I've had three babies, so obviously I'm not really paying attention to football. But I was like, wait a second. He's had six years to get this team together and produce something. Right. And I was like, no, no, no. Because, like, I looked up and it was like, oh, well, Dan Quinn, he almost got us. Well, he got us to the Super Bowl. It was still Dan Quinn. It's like, wait, that was, like, four years ago. Right, right. Like, get over it. What have you done for me lately? (laughs) So, the Falcons had listened to another, like, some other radio. It's like, the Falcons have been chasing the ghost of 2016 ever since. Ever since, honestly, ever since Kyle Shanahan left town. And looking back on it now, it's more apparent than everybody you know, either from outsiders looking in, saying 
Dan Quinn wasn't the secret sauce was the reason why they went to that Super Bowl. It was Kyle Shanahan. It was Kyle Shanahan. And and his arrogance lost him that Super Bowl. So his arrogance and his youth lost him two Super Bowls. Right. But I mean he'll live and he'll learn, but he also has that that like history of winning and actually producing something. Where Dan Quinn has clearly been riding on the coattails of somebody Pete Carroll. Right. You know? And like so I'm I'm over him for sure. Definitely. I've taken the Dan Quinn rose colored glasses off and I'm like next. Now yeah, now we're in uh Realville and so So back to twenty twenty twenty. What's the rest of the season look like? How long do you think that Dan Quinn lasts in this season? Does he finish the season? I think so. In Atlanta we're just polite like that. But I mean, the fact that Arthur Blank was in the media, shots right. fired, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think he's classy enough to leave him there. I think, like I told you, I hope this team is mature enough to perform past their coaching, you know, mm-hmm. to show up and do their job regardless of who's, in quotes, uh, leading them or not leading them. Um so that's what I'm hoping the rest of the season looks like. I'm hoping that, you know, having Todd Gurley here and all the really, what do you call them, like high-end draft picks and veterans on the team. Because, like, I feel like we're not even a young team anymore. So it's like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like we're that young anymore. So the obviously the, the, the offense is full of veterans like Matt Ryan, Julio, and – Alex Mack and now Jake Matthews. So like offensively is a bunch is is a veteran team, but defensively the people that you're relying on in the secondary is very are very young. First okay. three years in the league, defensive line and linebackers have some veterans, Grady Jarrett mm-hmm. and Deion Jones. But yeah, they're not. You can't just say this is a young team. Right. Right. Matt Ryan's been in the league since feel, 2008. Yeah, this doesn't feel like, like a building year yeah. anymore. It yeah. feels like a. We're past the show me phase. It's the move. We're in the move on year. Like if this is does not result in anything, then um, well, and two, it comes down to you know the school of thought of what do you gain for letting Dan Quinn walk in the middle of the season? Like what? Um, what, what are the? What I would are the, say momentum and like some type of fire. Like the fact that you know, um, because I don't know what side of the fence I'm on when it comes to like letting people go in the middle of the season. Obviously it disrupts the the chemistry in the locker room and the the culture. But like what is the culture now? You know? Like if firing somebody toxic make it leaves a hole for now, a void for now, but it makes the place easier to live and breathe and do your job, then, you know, get rid of them and deal with what you gotta deal with. But um yeah, like I, I feel like if it's really that bad and I don't know if it is is because, I mean, I'm just now seeing Dan Quinn in this light. But if it's really that bad, then let him go. You gain more not having him around and just peace of mind. Even if you, like, blow the rest of the season, at least you made a big move because you knew you had to do it, you know? Put your big girl panties on. Yeah. So. It, it might galvanize, like you said, like, you know, being gone. So, like, disrupting the locker room. But I, I think um, this week will go a long way of whether or not he makes it to the bye week. My prediction is the bye week. I think he'll be fired in the bye week. When is the bye week? The bye week's week eight or nine. Oh. So. 
Um, what? Who do we play this Sunday? The Bears. The See, Bears. Yeah, if we lose this game, because somebody suck. Uh, they have some good pieces. They're they run the ball very well. They control the clock. They've got a pretty good defense. Wait, is this Cleveland? No. Chicago, Chicago uh, Cleveland uh, Browns, okay, Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears, but they're two and zero. But they're every wait all, the Bears or the Browns. The Bears are two and zero. Okay, and so <laughs> so you know, hey, their their record is two and zero. The Falcons are zero and two, but the Falcons have a good chance of winning this game. And um, if but here's the this is what I'm I haven't seen from the Falcons. Until, until well that too <laughs> until unless i think mike smith lost the locker room and that's like un, intangible yeah. like roll their eyes at a press conference and all the words that he uses dan quinn has a lot of dan quinnisms and he has a lot he'll win the lot he'll win the press conference the man's great um, he, he needs to be he no, needs to no, go no. to pr he used to win the press conference when we did not realize that we had the ineptitude yeah like it was like oh he because he, he did something that we hadn't seen in a long time so we put him up on this really high pedestal and pretty much stopped making him work for his um for his what do you call it just like place in our mind and stuff like it was yeah. like oh well it's dan quinn so he can it's okay it's okay yeah. it's like no he still had to put he, in the work to prove himself to us and we didn't and hold him accountable him, right um so I feel like after that lot, like, ugh, like <laughs> after Sunday, I feel like he might he might be losing. So, like I said, if if they if they roll over and die against the Bears and they quit on Dan Quinn, the Uncle Arthur is gonna come in and just chop chop the head off the snake. They've got they've got enough head coaching experience on the staff right now that if you fire Dan Quinn, and another coach, uh, you know. Dirk, Dirk Cutter could step in and run the team. I don't know about that. But. Uh, <laughs> Raheem Morris was a head coach in Tampa for a while. like So they've got some head coaching experience on the staff already. You could move some pieces around. So, But if they if they just look flat, which there's a chance that they look flat, and they lose to the Bears by like two scores, and it's a pitiful one, then I got, I got a good feeling that... Well, if they look flat, whose fault is that? I mean, it's, it's a combination of coaching and, and the players, like because the players have to play. They have to be psyched, you know. They right. have to, like come out and psyched up and, and believe in the beat. believe in the game plan. Believe in what you're because every every game is a different game plan. You got right. to plan for your the people you're playing. So I mean, I was hoping Matt Ryan goes rogue this Sunday and he's like, give me the headset and the ball. I oh got yeah. This, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway. I hope, I hope, I hope the Falcons just get look good this week. I got a good feeling. I got, I'm picking the Falcons. Let's get your. You want to get a score prediction? Which, no. Okay. I'm, gonna, um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say I just don't know anything about the Bears. I thought they were from Cleveland. So. Well, yeah. There's that. <laughs> um. What are they good at? Are they good at defense? They're good at defense. They're good at running the ball. Oh. Okay. Um, but the Falcons' defense have been, has been statistically good against the run this year, because true. Russell Wilson has had no had no opposition against them. Dak Prescott had no opposition. So why would they run it if they could just throw it for more yards faster? Right. But it's also week three, and now we all know. Hey, 
Falcons defense is pretty good against the run. So, do the Bears have a weapon downfield? No, they got a pretty balanced offensive attack. Like they don't have a Julio Jones. Okay. They have, I mean, they have two or three pretty good receivers. Like how you used the word down the field. Yeah, down the field. I like it. <laughs> vertical, vertical passing game. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they've got a quarterback that is prone to throwing the ball to the other team. Who's their quarterback? Uh, Mitch Trubisky. Oh yay! Yeah, and he's <laughs> but he's mobile but, too. Okay, but how has he been doing? Because he, he threw two picks last week, two touchdowns, two I mean, picks, two picks. Matt Ryan threw like eight picks a game one time. Okay. Um, but I'm just saying he's playing with a chip on his shoulder because he knows what the media is saying about him. Um, and he also knows who's sitting on the bench ready to take his spot at any second of the day. Yeah. So, which I can't remember who it is, but it's somebody important. Is it someone important? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's Foles. I think it's Nick, Nick Foles. Foles. No, I think he moved on somewhere else. Maybe. Oh, is it Nick Foles? Oh, my so. gosh. I don't even know. Anyway. Let me look this up. But I think there is somebody sitting, because all of Center was saying, like, why did they pick him? But their coach is also kind of in his head, in his own game plan. That's another thing I don't like about Dan Quinn. It's like, he's like, oh, we have this, uh, what do you call it? Not culture. He doesn't say the word culture. But basically, like, their identity, identity is, yeah. like, aggressiveness. What does he call them? Fast and furious. Fast and no, fe- no, 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 no. Fast and physical. Fast and physical. Yep, you're right. Nick Foles is on the bench. Yeah. Um, They're fast and, f- fast and physical, and they're aggressive. And, you know, he likes to go for it on fourth down now, which is something that's like, okay, cool when we get it, but not cool when we don't get it, obviously. Um, And then, like, the going for the two-point conversions like mess like that it's like dude i understand that you're you know trying to spice up the game make sure we have all these weapons and blah 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 blah. but you need to establish a culture and an atmosphere of just winning the game right flare points don't count more than real points Uh, yeah and i think too that uh i think dan quinn gets into his head a lot and does too much number crunching and that going for two in mm-hmm. in spots that really bit him. I mean, obviously. Obviously. Mathematically. Twice. Yeah, yeah. And so, well, and I, this is my take anyway, that looking past the fact that they, they go for two a lot is if you're going to go for two, at least have some, like, high percentage plays. So That's call, what I'm like, saying. Like, you have a bread and butter play. I or, can see, like, we've had Matt Bryant all, all obviously, for a very long time. So, what's his name? Koo? Woo. Young, young Wayne Koo. Yeah. Like, we're, we're still trying to get to know him, fill him out. He's new, whatever. He's on my fantasy team, by the way. But, I mean, he's he hasn't been that disappointing. No, he's been good. He's been really he's good. He's been solid. He's been extremely solid. He's especially missed an for, extra point in the Seattle game. But other than that, yeah, he's been good. But, I mean, look around the league. <laughs> he's yeah. doing pretty good. And so, it's like, trust your kicker. Trust, trust you know, just trust the process. Do Just do the basics. Get yeah. back to the basics, establish a winning culture, and then you can be all cute and stuff. But cute does not win games. Points win games. That's right. And when you get an extra point at the end of a, a touchdown, that'll win you a game. That'll win you a game. It's Obviously. A, two uh, games. Two and oh. Yeah. Because we got extra points at the end of a touchdown. Yeah. So Just one extra point. Just well, do the small stuff. So, yeah, you're talking, you know, you're kicking... Kicking instead of going for four, going for it on fourth down, you're kicking two okay. field goals and you miss an extra point against Seattle. That's a touchdown. That's seven points right there. So I mean, uh, that's frustrating. But 
on this podcast, Carol. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we supposed to be positive? We're going to be positive. And we're going to give. <laughs> I know this was a this is a vent session. This is a Carol vent podcast. Yeah. Welcome to the Rise of Raider Carol edition. Yeah, venting session. Venting session. So, but we're going to give them. We're going to give the the people, Whoa. the fans, Rise of Raider Nation, something to look forward to. Okay. So I can do that. Give me, give me some positives. Maybe not from the last game, but from the season and what to look forward to. I think, honestly, I think there's a lot of positives from even the last game. Like, that's what makes it so frustrating, but we'll stay positive. We're going to stay positive. Stay we're, positive. We're because the there positive. were so many positives. Right. So many positives. So let's talk like, about Like, the them. way that the defense showed up, I was like, what? Who Who this? New yeah. phone, who this? Yeah. New phone, who this? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, that was fun. Yeah. You know, it was just like, this is our team. This is in Atlanta. We're not watching because, you know, Stanley watches all the games. So we're not watching some random team that has a high percentage chance of making it to the Super Bowl is our team and it felt so good to be like our team is the one making these crazy clutch plays these, making these clutch Fum- plays and make fumbles and like just sacks and stops like, on third down exactly like that does not happen usually what happens with the Falcons is we have a big play on second down or third down or whatever the big play on second down, we woo, rah, 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 yeah, we did it. And then they march it down the field and get a touchdown. Like, it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, what? Is this really going down like this? And then the second quarter happened. But we won't talk about that because it's not positive. Yeah. Um, not but, yeah, so that was really. That defense was, early. Yes, defense, defense early. early. The fact that we had a defense to begin with. Right. That was Turnovers. really cool. Um, what else is the positive I feel thing? like Matt Ryan had time to throw the ball. Offensive line played solid. I think sure. so. They're going to be tested this time around, but I think they're up for the task. I think they're sneaky because there's so much turmoil and bull crap, and there's so much to crap on against the, about the Falcons that not many people are talking about how well the offensive line yeah, played. I, I was really impressed with that. Like We're not used to that. We're used to him, hurry up, figure it out, get, it, get the ball out, hope somebody's down there. Um, so that was cool. I really like the fact that Calvin Ridley has an arm. Uh, like, no, Russell Gage. Uh, Russell Gage has an arm. That was fun. That was fun. Now, Julio did not. We're staying positive. Positive, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but we know good to, it. Good to know that he can throw the ball. Yes. Good to know he can throw. Um, Calvin Ridley. He Cl- was great. At one point, I was like, whoa, Julio. And I was so, like, wait, that's Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Like, pretty so, cool. So just stop you right there. Calvin Ridley is leading the – is tied for the lead in touchdowns with four. <laughs> he's tied with the league – or he's – I think he's second in the league in yards per game and yards total. And I think he's like third or something in yards per catch. So like 14 nice. yards a catch. He's got 269 yards on the season and four touchdowns, which is like in the top. And whoever has him on his fantasy team is celebrating. Yeah. And Julio was the decoy last game. So. I mean that's okay. Yeah, I'm, it's okay. I'm sure he's okay with it too. He likes to get other people their shine. So yeah, that's pretty awesome. That old hammy's probably hollering too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So that was positive. Um. I mean, I love having Todd Gurley on our team. That's just fun. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this is this is supposed to be a fun year. Like I really feel like this is supposed to be a fun year. And somebody brought the wet towel and Dan Quinn to the party. <laughs> who to stick in the mud? Exactly. Who, who brought him? <sighs> yeah. So um, I'm like talking about it like this. I'm not as angry anymore because like the team itself is a fun team. They're they're not children. Um, 
so we can expect things of them and you know it's, it's not a growing year it's a fun year we're having fun yep so. 2020 the year of fun yeah so much fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well baby, uh, you, a baby's crying yeah so. so let's go ahead and hop off okay. um carol you have anything else to say to the people well, thank you so much for having me, Rise Up Radar Nation. Um, thank you to Stan Parker for finally letting me on. Letting um, you on? Yeah, allowing me into the booth because he usually locks the door. Oh, wow. and, like, <laughs> well, it's because the kids, they'll like come in just to open the door. Like, Daddy, what you doing? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it was fun. Thanks. Well, thank you, Carol, for joining us for another episode of Rise Up Radar. If you like what you heard, please like us on Facebook, find us on Twitter at Rise Up Radar, and uh, subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, until next time, rise up. Rise up. <laughs>